The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. She hits one deep to center field. Coleman went up and took it away again. Jada Coleman did it again. She took away a three-run home run from Kaylee Harding. Timed it. Snagged it. Stole it. The 2-0 pitch is swung and driven deep to right field. Sydney Sanders knots it up. And the 1-2 to Lions is lifted pretty deep to left field. Mudge has a beat on it. Leaps, but it's gone. It's gone. G3 left the yard. The Sooners go back to back, and they've taken the lead. Two balls, two strikes. The pitch. Swing and a miss. The Oklahoma Sooners are national champions. They mob Jordy Ball outside the circle. Dog pile Sooners. Dynasty mode activated. Championship number seven secured. Unapologetic, undisputed, and in the end, undeniable. Somebody get my trip to Cancun because this one's over. Get your bathing suits and your suntan lotion. It's time to go home. Hour two, T-Row in the morning show on a Friday morning. Great call by Plank. Just a great call. His energy matches the energy of the team. Oh, he's perfect. He, calls it. it's he perfect, is perfect. Yeah. Un, what was it he said there at the end? Un, uh, undeniable was the last one. Undisputed. There was three of them. He just nailed it. I, I listened to, I think I picked him up in the third inning last night, and uh, it's just so much. It's just a completely different experience than watching on television. I mean, just the energy in their broadcast, and you can feel the crowd more, and it's just so much better. So, great call. Um, you want to hear, well, let me play a couple of things for you. First off, uh, this video, hang on. This video is from Taylor Maples, who uh, jumped ship on us, by the way, midway through baseball season. <laughs> I saw his picture with him out there with a the trophy. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Taylor decided he'd rather be with softball. <laughs> and uh, I invited him to go to the Big 12 tournament this year, and he said, nah, no thanks. And uh, so <laughs> we'll keep that in mind next year when we're looking for a backup play-by-play guy for baseball. He's out there posing with softball hardware. Uh, he was at the celebration party last night, and uh, the team went to Toby Keese after, I guess, team and a bunch of fans went to Toby Keese after the championship last night. TK said on the stage that he had just purchased a racehorse and that he's going to be naming the racehorse Seven Natty Patty, which I think is fantastic. That's awesome. But he also got the team up on stage to sing uh, How Do You Like Me Now with him. Here's a little Whole team's on stage with him. Uh, 
the, very cool. The thing I love about that is he's starting to show up at a lot more things, which means he yes. must be feeling better. And yes. even if he's not in that moment, he was feeling great. So that, yeah. that's, that's awesome. That's so really they, cool. they said on the radio broadcast last night that uh, during, I guess, between innings, maybe they showed this on TV, I didn't see it, but between innings they were having one of those things on the board where they say, which song do you want, this song or this song? You know what I mean, TJ? How they, They've yeah, done yeah, that, yeah, yeah. football games and stuff. Uh, and one of the songs was a Toby Keith song. I don't know which one. But there's, they're having fans vote, which one do you want? And then they show Toby, who's in the crowd last <laughs> night. And he's trying to get everybody to vote for his song, yeah, and the place, the place goes wild. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah no, you're absolutely right. The fact that, uh, that he's out and about, and, and that's a great sign. Yeah, that's the second or third event that over the last week or two that I've seen him show up in post and mm-hmm. stuff. So that's that's a really good sign. That's that's good to see. Uh, all right, how about a little Patty post game from last night? Uh, this is in the press conference after the game. Uh, Patty Gasso, with the media. Uh, these are the players getting up and leaving. They've just uh, been through their player press conference. Because <laughs> I love dinosaurs. <laughs> Patty was okay, holding a little. Uh, with... <laughs> <laughs> now we'll get started for questions for Coach Gasso. James will be uh, first front row. CBS Sports Radio in Oklahoma City. Yes, James. Patty, you're only the second team to win three straight national titles. Tell everybody how high, hard this is because. Uh, you know, you go 61 and one, uh, you won 53 straight games. People think, ah, oh, they're just rolling, but this is incredibly hard. It is incredibly hard. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I just can tell you the way I feel right now is free because the expectation is overwhelming. The pressure is overwhelming and they all have each other to laugh with. I'm standing here by myself, so that's why you're hearing my voice do this. I, I, I know what they're feeling. I know what I'm feeling. And it's very difficult. It's extremely rewarding. But, like, I just want to go to Costco and shop and no one care that I'm there. And they feel the same. You know, it's just, it's, it's so crazy to see how our lives have changed and the fans in Oklahoma are absolutely fantastic. Um, was that me? No. Okay, so um, the fans are fantastic, um, but it starts to feel like you're getting smothered a little bit because everybody wants something, and everybody. And I heard them talking about it. It's for all of us. It's it's different. It's not something I, I just want to coach, you know? I want to just be a regular, and then just all of a sudden your life isn't regular anymore. And so that's really where they talk a little bit about mental health and just it's so different being a student athlete now. I mean, it's completely different in the expectations of everything. And um, with NIL as well, I mean, they get opportunities to be entrepreneurs while they're student athletes. It's, it's unreal. And I'm still learning how to manage it the best I can for them. So 
the fact that we got here and we won this is just mind-boggling with all of the wave of pressure and so forth. Um, I could not be more proud of this group. And this coaching staff that I have is just absolutely un unbelievable. I'm sitting here talking about our team, but they're, it. they're the ones that are grinding um, every day and looking at numbers and looking at their iPads and just really creating phenomenal plans and they're great coaches and they're great knowledge and I'm just, I've got a great support staff. I'm just blessed with wonderful people around me. So it's, it's really not as much me as you might think, but um, I'm lucky. lucky. We'll hear some more from Patty later on. It, it, that was kind of the theme of the post last night. Whoever she talked to was freedom. She kept saying the word freedom and how oppress not oppressive, how suffocating the uh, – I guess the win streak and the expectation that it's either you it kind of even turned into it's not win the championship or it's a failure. It was you got to win the rest of the games gotta, or it's you, a failure. You got to win out, yeah, or it's a even failure. if you and it wouldn't have been if they had lost last night and came back tonight and won the national championship, there would have been great rejoicing, but I I get where that feeling was for a while now, you you can't lose. You you got to get to the record, and now you got to win. You got to run through. You got to win them all. You got to. So, but we'll never know. Like, unless you played for Bud Wilkinson during that forty-seven game win streak, that's probably the only people that can. And there were some fans, I'm sure, around now, but. Unless you played during that time, I don't know that any of us will ever know, like, what's that like? Because it sounds great. It sounds like that, like, what are you complaining about? Like, who wouldn't want to go 61-1 and and win the national championship? She's not complaining. But I'm saying none of us can fathom, you know, what the pressure must have been. Well, like. and she kept trying to deflect it and, and, and get away from the streak. Like, every mm -hmm. every press conference, it seemed like, for the last – Several weeks started out with some question about the streak, and mm -hmm. she would be like, we don't talk about we don't that. Care. Yeah. We don't care about that. It means nothing until you win that last game. And then it just every single weekend, every se series, whatever it may be, it, it was the same question she had to keep answering. She uh -huh. had to keep answering it the same way. So I'm sure it, it, it builds on you because it makes it feel like that's bigger than our season. Yeah. And you're right. They could have lost last night and come back and won, and you still would have discussed – is this the greatest team of all time? Yeah. 61-2 and two would still be she the greatest knew, record. knew, though, not losing that streak combined with what was going on made it uh, undisputable. Mm -hmm. like, you, as Chris said in that call, like, you can't argue it now. They're the greatest team of all time. And the, the time period that they're playing in softball, how the game's changed, how it's evolved, how much different it is than the 80s and 90s where you saw those Arizona and UCLA teams dominate – they're the greatest team of all time. And she knew that was all wrapped together. So it's uh, – and she's probably right. She'd run to Crest and Norman to pick up a loaf of bread, and someone's like, hey, coach, 48 in a row, you know, 49, 50, wherever she went. So it wasn't about the season and how great it was. It was that, that number and how many in a row they had won, I'm sure, everywhere she went. I do have a problem with the Costco thing. Because uh, that's north of I forty <laughs> TJ. More. Yeah. No, that's oh, there's more. one and more. Yeah, off of Nineteenth oh, okay. Street. Yeah. Never mind then. I got, thought she was going all the way. 
<laughs> I thought she was going to Quail Springs Mall there's for one shopping. In, well, I mean, she might be going to that one, but there's one in more, so. Hmm. Hmm. All right, very good. You would have rather have gone to the club that we're exclusive to? No, I was like, surely she can surely she can find somewhere closer, but I didn't realize there was one in more. <laughs> yeah, that's the one she's I don't know where Patty to. lives. Maybe she lives in Edmond. I don't know. Maybe she, I, I assume she lives in Norman somewhere. But maybe she's so fed up with the Little League system around here. <laughs> Playing games on the night of her national championship. That well, she, she should be with the the softball little league system because it's basically non-existent in Norman, which was which is another thing that's, that's pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah, considering what she's built, it's gotten better in the last couple of years. But the dominance she's had for twenty years that, that's pretty amazing. That it's basically non-existent because all town. the little girls want to be at their games when they're playing. Huh? <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. it. All right, we need to take a break. We got a special guest going to join us in studio when we come back. Friday morning, T-Row in the Morning Show. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, Teej, we're about to get educated up and probably wealthy. I think this is the segment where we start to get wealthy because we have the great Peggy Doviak in studio with us today uh, for a very good reason. Peggy, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for inviting me. I I have heard your voice for years. (laughs) Yes. On the commercials, but never met you, so it is fantastic to meet you in person. It's fabulous meeting you, too. And and you have written a new book, which is called 52 Weeks to Well-Being, and we're going to be talking about this here in a second, but I'm just kind of fascinated with your backstory Why did you start writing books about personal finance? Well, I started writing way before I went into finance. And when I changed careers, I really wanted to help people understand their money. Mm -hmm. And so the writing background was a natural way for me to be able to share what I understood. The radio thing's really new. Right. What were you, were you a writing, what were you, I had a major in college? I I had a writing major in college. Then I taught English forever. Okay, very good. You're a grammar hammer. Then. No, I no. am not. I'm a creative writing person. Okay, very good, very good. Um, well, it is fantastic. And why did you write a book specifically for women? You know, I sort of hesitated for a while because I'm not really thrilled with a lot of the material that's out there for women, and I didn't want it to look condescending or pandering. But women deal with a lot of issues that are kind of unique to them. For instance, when there's a caregiving situation, it's nearly always the woman who does it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that most small businesses were started by women. And women tend to suffer more in divorce. So there were a lot of really good, compelling reasons to write this and try to help women navigate some of the things that are unique to them. When people see a finance book (laughs) in Barnes & Noble or or wherever it may be, there's probably a lot of people out there, myself included, that says, oh, boy, I'm not going to be able to understand this. That's right. Too complicated. So what do you say to those people? So what I would say is the reason the title of both books begins with the word 52, you can just read one chapter a week. Mm-hmm. You can stay on track. The chapters are super short, easy to understand. Money's a vocabulary. And a lot of people get super uncomfortable because they start thinking about their money and they don't even know what the words mean. Right. So as much as anything, this is a book to help people understand what words are used and how to think about things and really short, easy to understand, not scary, not designed to intimidate. 
Your first book was 52 Weeks to Prosperity. Prosperity, right. And that came out when? That came out in 2018. 2018. That book changed TJ's life. It's because now he's got multiple boats, multiple <laughs> gargoyles, wow. multiple living rooms. You know, there's a whole chapter on gargoyles. An impressive amount of wealth that this man has, and I think he credits most of it to your I, book. I, I thought it was my book. I thought, and I've been producing her show as Peggy for years. So, oh, you've you been know, getting 1% on right. the back end that's of all right. of the money. Okay. <laughs> So what is so fifty two <laughs> weeks to prosperity? I get that's uh, how to get prosperous. Fifty two weeks to well being. Uh-huh. Explain this one to me. So you know, with prosperity, it's not just your money; it's living a great life. Well being is really similar too. A lot of people are so stressed about their money. Yeah, I hate when people come in and they're just really freaking out because they're not sure they're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. When you can get a sense of well-being about your money, it lets you live a better life. So true. And once you're not afraid of your money, it's a lot easier to deal with it. It's hard to think about anything else when you're worried you're not going to be able to pay your bills That's exactly or right. support your family or That's whatever exactly right. the case may be. And the uh, we were talking with or Patty Gasser was talking about freedom, right. the ability to be, okay, we're okay is right. such a that's well-being that's it exactly what you're talking about yes. what's some examples of some of the maybe the lessons that you would have in this book so one of the lessons would be maybe lessons the wrong word no, i don't know no, lessons is a great word um one of the lessons would be to just take really big tasks really big goals mm-hmm. and break them into small pieces mm-hmm. I think where people really mess up with their money is they think they need to have an emergency fund and it's a huge amount of money or they need to save for retirement. Maybe right. they haven't started. It's so much money you freak out because you don't think you can do it. But if you'll break big money tasks into small pieces and set regular goals, it's much easier to meet them. Is this mostly focused toward, um, you know, people coming out of college, for example, like here's how you should plan the rest of your life? Or I'm about to turn 50. Is it? Is it? Is it all ages? So one of the fun things that I did in both books is I create characters that have different demographic characteristics. Mm-hmm. So I've got a young girl who's a single mom in her 20s. She relates to the material in the book. You know, some of the chapters she's like, I don't want to think about this right now. I just need an emergency fund. I have an older woman who's widowed in her late 60s. She relates to the material. So what I try to do is provide a way that different generations could look at it. It's good. So it crosses all generations. So that's the goal. Is there, a, is there a number one mistake that most of us make when it comes to our money? Yeah, we don't deal with it. <laughs> we ignore it. <laughs> we just ignore it and we hope it's going to get better without looking at it. I have a lot of people. You said you'd see the book and maybe steer the other way. Uh-huh. I have a lot I'm of I'm intimidated. People, right. Yeah. And they look at the books and they look at the titles and they're like, yeah, no, I don't want to deal with this. Uh-huh. Um, but in fact, if you take something and it's not scary and it's not intimidating and it's not designed to sell you something. So it's not designed to make you think you're doing a bad job first. So you'll buy whatever it is that they're selling. Right. So it's you really have to get confident in your money, understanding it. A book's a nice way because books are super non-judgmental. And if you don't like it, you can always close it and not look at it again. Good point, yeah. Um, The career change you made from being a creative writer to this world of finance happened for a reason, right? It did. 
It did. I, I had my creative writing, then I was a corporate trainer for a while, and then my mom had a horrible experience with a stockbroker mm. in the dot-com crash, which is becoming historic, which really freaks me out. Mm. Back in 2000 with the internet, she was working with a financial advisor. She told the advisor, I want to make money. And so he put her in high-tech single stocks, and she had just retired. It was all the money that she had. No. And it didn't just go down, right? You know, when you're in high-tech individual stocks, these stocks went away. And I didn't know anything about the market, but I started reading. And the more I read, the madder I got. Mm -hmm. And I hung up a sign. And there we are 20 years ago. I opened DM Wealth Management 20 years ago in September. Uh, so do you, are you self-educated in this world or you I'm self-educated but I'm also a nerd everybody who knows me you've read everything that. yeah well and I got a master's in finance too, okay to well that helps yeah, yeah that's helps. not self-educated that's very earn, much earn the my opposite CFP certification yeah I'm I'm a super wonk so that's just how it goes <laughs> well, so are we just not in the world of finance no, I, that's I for think sure way cooler than not I. at all no trust me uh where can people buy your book Peggy you can buy the book at a lot of the independent bookstores here in the metro area. Um, I'll be at Best of Books tomorrow signing copies from 12 to 2. It's at Full Circle and Deer Clan. The Barnes & Noble in Norman is going to order paper copies, but any Barnes & Noble can order it for you. Any indie bookstore can order it for you. Of course, it's on Amazon, but I really like brick-and-mortar bookstores, yeah. and I want to help them live. I, I agree with you. There, I, the day of going to the bookstore and just grabbing some coffee and hanging out. I love I that love feeling doing that. Yeah. so much, and it just seems like yeah, nobody does that cool anymore. It's a pumpkin latte. I'm, a I'm pumpkin good. latte. I'm yes. good to go. Now we are giving away one of your books we next are. hour. Is yes, that right? Absolutely. Okay, very good. I look forward to that. Can I have this one? You can. I would love to read it on vacation if that's okay with you. <laughs> I would love for you to do. All right. That. This is light. Beach Light reading, TJ. Beach reading. This is basically. Right. Then maybe you can enter my world. Read that book. Educate yourself uh, up. That's the point. I want to be world. as wealthy as TJ. Well, I was say, it's the gargoyle. <laughs> Do you know he has four or five power drills alone? Wow. Can you imagine that kind of wealth, wow. Peggy? You know, I we only, just learned about I only that only yesterday. Have two, so he's learned the lessons better exactly than I. Right. Peace of mind. I can speak on this. We went to Peggy a few years ago. We said we just want to know we're doing. Like Katie was. Wanted peace of mind. I'm, am I doing the right things? Peggy looked everything over. She said, you guys are on the right track. You're doing everything right. And it gave her enormous peace of mind. She was, it was constant for her, always worrying about it, struggling with it. And Peggy gave her the advice she needed and said, hey, you're on the right track. And Katie's Now been, that's Katie, only related to your finances. Right. There are some other things in your life that is way... <laughs> Wrong. But as far as finances go. <laughs> finances, I think we're all right. We're on the right on, track. Definitely yeah. on the right yeah. track. But, but she gave Katie that peace of mind that she's talking How about. How about that? So. First-hand testimonial wow. right there, that's Peggy. really, really moving, and that's why I do this. Very cool. Thanks for being here. Thanks and we'll so see you uh, next hour. We'll give Absolutely. away one of your books. That all sounds right? great. The great Peg Peggy Doviak, everybody. <laughs> You've heard her voice for years on our commercials. She's right here with us today. We'll be back. Thanks. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. So, I think it's okay that I say this. I don't know that I've seen it uh, publicly announced. I'm sure they're waiting until after the softball series. But next Wednesday 
is the reveal of the uh, 2024 opponents for our first year in the SEC, football opponents, schedule reveal. Uh, it's it's going to be – it's not going to be a schedule reveal. As I understand it, they're going to tell you the eight teams you're going to play next year and which are home and away. Oh, so this isn't the full schedule no. one. That, okay. That's okay. my understanding. That's what we have been told. You will not get, like, week one, week two. Now, maybe that will change before next Wednesday, but that's what we've been told. Um, so we're going to have um, – the plan is, anyway, as of right now, we're going to have, like, a watch party at Rudy's. Teddy and Gabe and I and maybe some others are going to do kind of a secondary broadcast. That This schedule reveal is going to be on the SEC Network. And then we're going to have kind of a Manning cast, if you will, an OU Manning cast watching it. You can watch us watch it, and we'll also reveal the schedule and react to it, and uh, it's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Missouri! Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, if that happens, when Missouri pops up, that'll be the reaction. <laughs> ah. Boo! So, uh, I think it's at 6 o'clock next Wednesday. We'll have more details coming up. But if you want to uh, start thinking about it now, it might be fun to come watch that with a bunch of Sooner fans. And, and we'll be doing a TV show live for, I don't know if it's a half hour, an hour. Uh, but we'll be doing it for a while. So, I have been putting together some research, TJ, on just kind of some facts about uh, last time we played this opponent, last time they played here, in case we get them here, last time we played them there, all-time record. You know, uh, things to educate, interesting tidbits about these teams. What's the name of their stadium? All that kind of stuff. So I got I got a couple of uh, tidbit questions for you. I got a couple of trivia questions for you related to the SEC here, TJ. Do you know the only two SEC teams that OU has never played? In You're football. talking football? Yep, in football. There's only two, hmm. and this is the new look SEC, so the 16 teams in the SEC, only two of them that they've never played. Play along at home, folks, if you're out there in your cars today. Play have they ever played Vandy? Yes. They have. Uh, Vanderbilt, stand by. OU is, uh, they've played them three times. Oh. They are 2-0-1. Oh, they beat them in 76 in Nashville, 77 in Norman. And they played them in 1933 to get this, a 0-0 tie in Norman. What, oh. a, what a fascinating game that must have been to attend. This would help if I had the teams pulled up in front of me, but I uh, played Bama, played LSU, played Georgia, played Florida. Well, do you have a computer there next to yeah, you? Yeah, no, team? I have. I'm just I'm running them you know through the my SC, head. You know yeah. the SEC teams. Played A&M. Um, Kentucky? No. Kentucky. Uh, stand by. Kentucky, they have played three times. Um, last time they played them, 1982 in Lexington. Played them in 1980 in Norman. They're two and one against them all time. Two, well, my, who are the two, two that I'm missing? Two then? teams. They South been, Carolina. That's one. Yeah. OU has never played South Carolina. I can't. Who's the other one? I'm drawing a blank now on my teams. Sorry, you caught me mid crystal light <laughs> swing. <laughs> that's all right. Mississippi State. I was gonna say Mississippi State. I thought they had played them though. Dang. That's why you didn't say it then. Yeah. OU has never played Mississippi State or South Carolina. Mississippi State surprises me. South Carolina, not so much. But Mississippi State, the fact that they haven't played at some point, surprises me. Another question for you. Of the 15 opponents in the SEC, OU only has a losing record to four of them. Which four? 
Texas. Yes. Unfortunately. Uh, that is uh, 63, 50, and 5. LSU. Yes. LSU is 2-1 uh, and one against us. Georgia? Georgia 1-0. Only time oh. they've ever played is in the, in the uh, Rose Bowl. Oh, we want to know for Georgia. Okay. Yes. So you've got I've three got of the three. four: Texas, LSU, and Georgia. There's one other school OU has an all-time losing record to. I'll say Florida. No. Oh. OU is one and one against Florida. Okay. They beat them in the Cotton Bowl a couple of years oh, ago. That's right. That's right. Lost yeah. to them in the national championship game. Remember okay. they they uh, only played their managers. Yeah, that's right. They did, Florida, that game didn't mean as much. Florida to them. only brought equipment managers, and some of the cheerleading squad actually played in that game for Florida. <laughs> right. Um, is it Bama? No. no OU Bama has, has a, a winning record. OU has Bama. a winning record against Bama. Uh, they are three, two, and one against Alabama. I'll give you a hint. They've only played this team once, and they lost to them. You're going to have to tell me. I'll give you another hint. <laughs> the only time they ever played this team was the night the world almost ended. The night the world almost ended. Uh-huh. We, it was almost the final football game of all time. I don't know. I'm blanking here. Ole Miss. Y2K night. Oh, I get I get what you're saying. Oh, okay, you yeah, yeah, lost yeah, okay, to yeah, 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 Deuce McAllister and Ole Miss in the yeah, Independence and, 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 Bowl. Right, right, right. First bowl game of the Bob Stoops era. It's the only time they've ever played Ole Miss. They lost that, that one. How about that? Out. Yeah, how about that? Here's uh, I, I I don't know if this is surprising, but still, it's a little shocking. OU's played Arkansas 15 times. They're 10-4 and one against them. The last time they played in Norman. Against Arkansas, which is just right there. Like, it's just right there. 1926. The last time they played him in Fayetteville, 1919. What? Yeah. They. Well, how is that even possible? Isn't that amazing that OU and Arkansas don't play more often than that? I've, I've always been curious of it, but I had no idea that it had been 100 years. They haven't played in Fayetteville since 1919. They haven't played in Norman since 1926. Obviously, the last time they played was in the 01 Cotton Bowl, the 10-3 to freezing yeah. game down there. But, uh, yeah. That, it's It was astonishing to me that these two schools, as close as they are, and with a lot of history between them, like, I mean, like Barry Switzer. Coaches and, yeah, 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 yeah. Coaches ties. between them and right. stuff. Haven't played more than they have. It's really a shame. Okay, so... I think we've talked about this before, but what are the four road destinations that make you cheer when you see them next Wednesday night? Is is really Missouri the only one that would make you groan? Is there any like if they were going to Vanderbilt, would you groan or would you say sweet Nashville? I'd say sweet Nashville. I may even would. What about Kentucky? That doesn't bother me because of the Stoops tie and all that. Yeah. What about South Carolina? Like that tie with Beamer, Beamer and everything, okay. and that, that location doesn't bother me. I think it's just Missouri. Mississippi State or Miss. Would love going to either one of those. Yeah. Missouri and AM. You don't want to go to AM. No. I that's just my hatred and disgust for AM. I, I well, mean, that's just a bunch of weirdos. Well, I don't like anybody in this conference, <laughs> but I'm not saying I like them. I just I agree with you. I very much look forward to going back to AM because the one time I went there, I was on the sidelines, 
and it was a phenomenal experience. Whether you like them or not, it's a tremendous game day environment. I mean, it's it's unique. It's weird, but it's unique. And I very much look forward to going back to A&M and, and watching a football game, calling a football game. But I don't, like, not year one. Like, year one, let's go to some places we haven't ever been before. Right, and I think that's why I feel that way both about A&M and Missouri. Yeah. So, but otherwise, I mean, A&M, I'd be like, sweet, let's go to A&M. Yeah. It's so. kind of the same thing for, like, either way. Here, too, like, if you found out Missouri or A&M are coming here in year one, you'd be like, Ugh. We've seen those guys. Right, exactly. Let's see some people we haven't seen yeah, before. I think that's why that was my answer. So, like you said, even the Vandy thing, even coming here, I'd be like, all right, that's cool. They're a terrible football team. But we, never, we haven't seen them. But we haven't seen since them. Since 19, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I see any other facts in here. Um, uh, Alabama, four of the six meetings have been in bowl games. Arkansas, first ever matchup with Arkansas was in Shawnee. In 1899, they played over there in Shawnee. Uh, Auburn, they've only played twice. It's curious all those things that pop up like that and mm-hmm. they hit you things like, why Shawnee? Like, how did you end up in Shawnee? Like, what? How? why did that happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just so random. Like, back in the early 1900s, when they first started playing football, there was nothing special about they would just find the places. on-campus fields. Yeah, right. I guess they would just call each other so like, up or send a telegram and say, hey, let's meet here on what this about date. Hen- how about Henrietta? That's about halfway between us. You guys right. want to meet up in Henrietta? <laughs> right. uh, both matchups with Aub- OU's 2-0 and against Auburn. Both matchups were Sugar Bowl wins. Uh, we talked about Florida, Georgia. The only game is the Rose Bowl. It's amazing how few of times they've played most of these teams. Most teams, it's like one, two, or three all-time meetings. There's very little history. Uh, LSU, two and one. Uh, Missouri, obviously they played Missouri a ton. OU, 67 and 24 all-time against Mizzou. Mississippi State never played them. Ole Miss, just that one meeting. South Carolina never played them. Tennessee, OU's three and one against Tennessee. You probably don't know this. Maybe you do. Josh Heupel's the head coach at Tennessee now. What? Uh, Texas, you know about them. A&M, blah, blah, blah. Vandy. Yep, I think we touched on all of it. So, Anyway, uh, I'll give you more details as we get closer to next Wednesday, but maybe circle that. That's going to be big. This is kind of the first official we're in the SEC. Like when that next Wednesday night rolls around and that reveal happens is going to be really tingly you know what I mean like it's gonna be well even for the rest of the SEC it's like it's real now these two programs are here yeah and there they're they gonna... are there's name names lined up with you I would imagine there's gonna be a lot of excitement on the other end too to be ha- to have Oklahoma come to town you know like oh, absolutely. It, it's gonna be a huge deal without a doubt there will be so uh this is gonna be and some of that out cool. of uh you know ego and, and conceitedness of all right you're about to come to our place and about to find out, aren't you? Yeah. I'll I will accept that out of Alabama LSU. I'm telling you that's how the Vandy fans are thinking. No, I got too. you. I got you. Uh Georgia. 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 Those are the three. The other ones will say that when the schedule reveal comes out, and then as the game gets closer, they'll go, Crap, oh, you no. know what? Oh no. <laughs> what were we? I've what been we looking do? more at this Oklahoma program. They might be for real. You know? I don't know. 
There are some things to like about their history, apparently. Yeah, it looks like I've been reading up on them. Did you know they've won seven national championships? <laughs> Jeez. All right, break time. We'll be back. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. T-Row in the morning show, 7 a.m. hour, brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing. They're your local roofer. They're an Angie's List Superior Service Award winner. Not once, not twice, not three times, four times. That's still not as many national titles as Patty Gasso, but they're no, getting not close. even close. No, they're, they're not even good. They're in a halfway. They're barely ah, halfway. They're getting there. They're getting there. Four times though. That's pretty good. That's a Tony. lot. That's a lot. Angie Service Award winner. Uh, they can do it all. You're one a stop shop for a one t- one <laughs> contractor, one shop. Local, whatever. I cannot read today. Text or You're my liners. You're flustered by the abs- the uh, uh, the fact that Peggy Doviak is in studio with us today. Um, You're flustered. I am. I am. Her also presence. serving Shawnee, Yukon, Mustang, right there out of Norman and Edmond. 405-473-8028 or blackthunderroofing.com. Perhaps it's you in studio. Yeah, you don't like it when I'm here. I don't like it. Can, I, can I say one more thing about the schedule, and then we can read some text messages? Yes, and... You said no set time yet, right? I think it's 6 o'clock. Uh, yeah, but you said you think it's... Okay, that's what I told the person on the phone, that, that, that you thought it was 6, but that's not in stone yet. Well, no, I, I haven't made any announcements yet, okay. but we've been led to believe it's going to be 6 o'clock, but we'll have more details as we get closer. Watch Party, Rudy's, Teddy, Gabe, we're going to do a TV show on ESPN+, Plus, all that kind of stuff, but we'll have more details to come. The big thing for OU, I mean, other than knowing who their year one opponents is going to be in the SEC, is when you got an eight-game schedule, Tej, and one of those games is is in Dallas, right? Is going to be whether OU gets four home games or four road games. True, yeah. Obviously, Joe is hoping for four home games. Probably most fans are hoping for four home games, but not a given. I mean, I think one of us OU Texas, one of us will get four home and one will get four away. We got the uh, tweet uh, we were tagged in from two uh, two four seven where they are projecting. Yeah, who those opponents? I would like are to know be. how they did their projection. I don't know how they are, but you are looking at uh, four road in that, right? Four road in that. What's at, their schedule? Uh, at Arkansas, at LSU. All right, slow down. Okay, at Arkansas, great. That would be fun. At LSU, awesome. I I really hope that happens. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the one we mentioned earlier, where everybody's going to groan at Missouri. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at A and M, those uh, are your road yeah. games. See, I don't want those in year one. What are the home games? Home, Mississippi State. Zach Selman's coming back. Zach okay. Selman, uh, Alabama, Alabama, and Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Vols. I mean, really, you could pick out. Okay, I, I don't love the Missouri A and M part of that, but whatever shows up next Wednesday night is going to be pretty daggum exciting. You yeah, know what I mean? You know, even if this is. If this is close and you've got Alabama and Tennessee at home and one of the road games is at LSU and that can be a night game, uh, I'm fine with that Missouri being on there. I mean, that's that's just awesome. See, I, I look at that schedule and I say, that's not any tougher than the Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at that home schedule and you're like, What's Alabama and Tennessee and Norman, oh, crud. I mean, we play Tennessee and Norman. We play them every other year anyway. What's the difference? <laughs> That's just two four seven. Yeah, they're just guessing. They're just guessing. Uh, yeah, so yeah. yeah, I don't know what they're basing that we'll on. See if if Darkie, we'll, we'll see if Dari will leak us the schedule uh, early. I'm sure. I'm I sure doubt. I doubt that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, a couple of texts here on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Forget the statue. We should just rename the whole university the University of Gasso. <laughs> Boomer freaking sooner. <laughs> Patty would not like that. No. She would have to go to Costco. People would be wearing her shirts. University yeah. of Gasso. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not. She I'm just not on wants that. to go to Costco, okay? <laughs> Rodney and Denton says, did I miss something? Did they win 15 to nothing in every game? Was there no chance for the other team? Give me a break. It's called preparation and confidence. That's right. Rodney it from is, Denton. but they did almost beat every team 15 to nothing. Yeah, okay? A lot of them. A lot of them. I was looking, somebody posted stats, and I wish I would have taken a screenshot because now I've lost that tweet, but. OU hit 58 more home runs than runs allowed on the season. (laughs) They allowed like 59 runs on the season and hit like 100 and whatever home runs on the season it was. So uh, you're right, Rodney. It is confidence. It is preparation. Talent. um, But it's dominance and talent. It's not cheating. It's just high, high level uh, softball is what it is. Nobody had a trash can over there banging on it or anything. No. No. I remember twenty years ago to a few. Uh, I remember twenty years ago going to a few games of OU softball, and there were like two hundred people. Nobody said they were cheating. That's from Ralph and Tulsa. <laughs> I called. Well, they won that championship too in two thousand. I called an OU Big Twelve tournament game. I filled in for Brian Brinkley one time. Uh, this would have been in my Channel Nine days. So it would have been sometime in the you know mid aughts, two thousand five, six, somewhere in there. And so this is Patty Gasso air. Big 12 tournament game, TJ, on field two at uh, Hall of Fame Stadium. You know how they have those other fields there? Yes. They weren't in the stadium. They were on field two where they have, like, two sets of bleachers on each side, the metal bleachers. That's right, yeah. And it wasn't full. And they lost that game to Iowa State, by the way. I remember when Brian would set up on the concourse, I'd have to go set him up run phone lines and all that. It was so simple. I couldn't imagine having to do that now. Well, you don't have to run phone lines. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. Right. Like, there was nobody in my way. I was setting up tables and equipment, running phone lines. Yeah. Whatever. It was, it was simple. No, yeah, we called that game from a folding table behind home plate. We'll be back.